Welcome back to another great episode of Security Hall Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Denny Caballero, and today I am joined by Ruben Ayala, the creator of Triple Nickel. Uh, not the unit, but inspired by the men of that great unit. Uh, it's a clothing brand, which, and I'm not trying to sh- throw any shade out there, unlike a lot of clothing brands that are out there from our community as veterans, this one promotes uh, actually being unified in a cause, actually being part of a greater community, not isolating and separating ourselves, but coming together. And that is something we need in our community. So Ruben, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, it's always good to uh, talk to a fellow brother. Yeah. Um, Tell me about your origin story. Sort of like if this is a Marvel movie, tell me how this project came about and, uh, from all the way from back in the day as a regular active duty service member to where you're at uh, right now in the moment. Yeah. So my origin story begins, uh, I say in the, in the Caribbean, man, I'm from Puerto Rico. That's, uh, that's where I was born and raised. So my journey is a lot different than somebody, you know, who, who came in from Pennsylvania, who's got that deep rooted sense of, uh, you know, your traditional patriotism, if you will. So mine is coming with that Caribbean flavor, uh, that that rich that rich history that we have in Puerto Rico and bringing that with me, you know, speaking Spanish as a, uh, speaking English as a second language, joining the army, uh, going through the ranks, uh, going into SF, seeing uh, what that what that is like, uh, going back into the civilian world, relearning that, and then going into business. So that's, uh, you know, my, my story just spans through just a bunch of different paradigms, man, that is no different from other people. So I'm just here to tell that part of it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's vital to share the story of our entrepreneurs that are coming from the, the veteran community, because I think that we have this understanding that as soon as we get out, we don't have to, we could just settle and not chase our dreams. And I'm seeing that now more than ever with our own cohort of individuals that are starting to get back out into the civilian world, look for the safe, look for what's, you know, the low hanging fruit, the thing that I can definitely get versus going after uh, your dreams. And I, I, I want people to understand that there are systems in place, there are people, there are organizations out there that will help you, Take that dream, that small concept, and start building and working on it because you owe it to yourself to go out there and maximize your potential. Our our communities need people that are driven, inspired, and have passion to go after their big dreams. We don't need people to just come out in the civilian world and just say, you know what, this is comfortable. I'll be comfortable here. Uh, and that's something that I I definitely see in your brand and your initiative that this wasn't something that was the easy road. It wasn't the easy road out. Um, and that's something that we need to get more people aware of, like go after your dreams, stand up for what you want to do and be creative. The creative drive and being artistic is not something that is definitely flourishing or being told by our senior, senior officers and leaders to be at, you know, for us to explore and try to do. Yeah, no doubt. I agree. And you know, it's, it's like the, uh, the old adage when uh, when I was going to high school back in the uh, in the 90s, uh, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, 
the the measure of success is you graduate, you go to college, you graduate, you get a job, you get married, you buy a house, you have some kids, and your kids have kids, and man, you die. Uh, you can retire, and then you die. And that's the measure of success when you talk to a career counselor. You go into the Army, you know, you do your 20 years or the Air Force, whatever. You get a GS job. You retire. Now you got two retirement checks. You die. And that's that's the old paradigm that when I was serving, that's the track record of success. And for me, that is not necessarily what I wanted to do with my career. And that's not the legacy that I wanted to leave my children, you know, at the end of the day when I take my breath. So you're absolutely correct. There's there's a lot of different ways to uh, skin the cat for, uh, for 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 guys and girls who are getting out of the military. And just because you go into the GS system, it, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It takes all types to, to make the world go around, definitely. But we are very well suited to come out here and crush it if we just give ourselves the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And when it came for your specific dream, your specific mission, where did that come from? Was it always in a clothing brand? Was it always that, that little thing in the back of your head? Like, man, like this is something I wanted to do. How did that uh, spark start? Where did that drive come from? Good question, man. So January 1st, 2020, Ruben Ayala had no yearnings, no ambition to create a clothing company. I, I I actually looked at clothing companies as one of those things that was a very saturated market for veterans because man, you you throw a stone and everybody's got a t-shirt company. And and the reason for that is, yeah, man. And the reason for it is is it's easy, it's a barrier that's easy to enter. So prior to starting Triple Nickel, I was already a business owner. I own also Healthy Vending San Antonio, which we have vending machines, markets throughout the region, and we sell healthy food. And that's what I was doing. When the pandemic hit, it hit us hard, specifically in the restaurant industry, uh, self-service oriented businesses. And it caused me to just sit down and be home with my kids and, and take a look at what was going on. Yeah. And up to that point, I really detached myself from the veteran community with the exception of the guys that I always talk to because I just melded back into Spain, into civilian life, man. So with all of the stuff that was going on leading up to the uh, 2020 elections, the division in the country, what I started to see from a lot of my friends and people within our community was a lot of hate. Uh, what I started to see from a lot of these t-shirt companies was marketing built around division. Yep. And the really, I saw a guy with a with a shirt that said "throw punch." I don't remember what company it was, but <laughs> I when <laughs> I know the company because <laughs> I've seen you know, my, it, and I'm like, "What yeah. are you doing, man?" <laughs> my my kid is like, "Yo, what's a throw punch, Dad?" And <laughs> and at that point. You know, I realized that, you know, my son, he's going to get older and, you know, he may want to go into the military. And for me, going back to your question of the origin story is say he does want to be a Green Beret one day or he wants to be a Navy SEAL 
or something cool, you know, something that's cool on TV. Who are his mentors at that point? It's going to be uh, Matt Best, or it's going to be Thor, or it's going to be, you know, whoever they put on TV. And no shade on those guys, but none of them look like me, and they don't represent the values necessarily that I, you know, want my kids to have. So at that point, I knew I had to do something, and I wanted to relay a story that you don't have to be this way. If you're a veteran, look, man, you served, you did great. You did great stuff for your country. Go back and be a civilian, but you don't have to be this ultra-violent person that leans one way. Um, if you can be a, the greatest recruitment tool without telling somebody you're going to throw punch them. So to me, as, a, as, as already being a business owner, I realized that the best way to do it was to create a uh, uh, a t-shirt company because that's what everybody wears. And I just saw a gap in the market, man, just to be brief. I saw a gap in the market and the gap in the market was this. Most veteran companies were marketing a specific image and nobody was addressing the other side of it. And And I felt that the only guys who could do that were guys who came from the soft community who'd been there, who'd done that. Because if you were in a soft-skilled MOS type of unit or whatever, and you come out trying to display this, those guys would just jump on them. 100%. And for us, you know, all of my partners are all SF guys, and we, we've been all over the place. So who's going to tell us? No, nobody. So. That's that's just the position that we took, man. And it was a gamble. And given the success we've seen in less than two years, the gamble was 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 the right one. Uh, that that was uh, I, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. Um, and I want to touch in, touch back on a couple of things you said. The identity of like when we look at superheroes or we look at Hollywood movies that display us. The only time I saw a, a, a Latino friggin' idol growing up in, in an action movie was, you know, doing something army cool was friggin' the guy that played uh, the sniper in Clear and Present Danger. Things Chavez. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. And then years later, years later, you start, it was 2018. John Leguizamo did a play on HBO Max. Or it wasn't on HBO Max first. He released it. But um, it was talking about Hispanic heroes putting identity uh, out there for us to understand. Like, I'm Panamanian. I ain't never seen anybody but Ruben Blades on Predator 2 being like, I'm a proud Panamanian fighter or warrior. I'm like, it just isn't out there. And then when we joined this community of SF and 7th Group, it's like, oh, shit. Here we go. Like, everybody, all the dudes that you're looking up to, all the SAR majors, they're <laughs> You know, no offense. You know, you're not looking at Star Major Johnson. You're looking at Star Major Alvarez. You're looking at all these freaking hard hitting dudes. You're like, oh shit. Like, okay, here we go. These are our role models. These are the hard charging individuals. But then you get out and you start looking around. Is why does everybody have a bad taste in their mouth with veterans? It's because the t-shirts. It's because the identity that's being sold to guys. They want that community. They want the community they haven't had since they were in 82nd or in Third ID. And now there's a, a company, again, not throwing any shade, but there's a company out there that's giving you a brand 
giving you a saying that's moto and really hard charging and you see all your buddies like yeah civilians don't get it because that's just offensive shit so yeah. of course they don't want to come talk to you and you're like yeah fuck you no man there you're no different than the guy that went out there and worked a nine to five to support his family you're part of the same tribe you're coming into a world where he's mastered it he could be best friends he can help you get that job but because you want to identify with this very small niche group that's exploiting you now you're like yeah there's my brand no man it's just a bad t-shirt and it's not appropriate but you look at your brand and you look at your recent um production for the um sorry cash like that is that's an american hero that's somebody that we need to promote that is and it's done in a way that it's marketable fashionable and it brings somebody from our our community our soldiers community into the civilian world where people are like hey man i know that dude yeah that's that's badass like that's something we need to celebrate and we're not it, we're not sitting here and figuring out ways that we we can integrate better with our society and the yeah. the, the things that you're doing that matters it it sells to both and then both Different tribes can realize, like, okay, like we have a commonality. You're not an asshole wearing a T-shirt that says "throat punch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. no, spot, spot on, man. And, and um, to touch base on the uh, cash shirt, you know, that was for us. That was a passion project. You know, we've been working with his family, particularly his sister, who is the head of his estate, for months, trying to get what what it looks like but the bottom line is is you know we have a responsibility and we sell more than t-shirts t-shirts are just an easy medium or hats whatever clothing is an easy medium to just tell a story and really that's that's our charge within triple nickel is how do we best tell a legacy from those seldom unheard and cash is just one of those stories and when we got this deal to go into Coles nationwide. To me, that was the golden opportunity to say, okay, what is our main effort? What is it that we are going to, who is the point man? Who is the number one man in the door? What's going to make the biggest impact? And for me, that was a no brainer. You know, it was when selling, selling the idea to a national brand to say, look, you have some generic shit. This is what you need. You need to tell a real story based on a real person that's going to impact people. And, you know, with, with the proceeds that we get from the shirt, for those who don't know, you know, we're going to help the family stand up his, uh, his foundation. And for us, that's a win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about that, man. Appreciate that's you uh, asking about it. Yeah, no, it, it's um, I think when all of us. um heard about the uh the final decision it's like wow like it's taken that long like the the amount of support and rallying the entire nation could have been doing in the long run again like we could have had uh and not not to in a not in an exploitive way but we could have had such a defining moment in celebrating and really honoring his legacy but it got, it came in the news one day, then it went right back away. And it's like, fuck man, like this dude is everything that our servicemen and women want to be. If that moment, 
you know, if you have to act upon a moment like that. But we didn't take the opportunity to be like, this, this is an American hero. And I'm not saying, like I said, not we don't need to make it such an exploitive thing, but we didn't celebrate it like we should have. We didn't bring it up like, hey, man, it's taking this long for this to happen. Let's put some emphasis on the story. Let's show everybody what it truly means to be the guy that goes back in time and time again to save his guys and an Iraqi, like an interpreter. Like, yep. No, you, you're spot on, man. And what America needs now more so than ever, man, is, is heroes. They need good news stories. And you're correct. He had his 15 minutes of fame. I, I, it wasn't even minutes, 15 seconds yeah. when uh, the family received the medal in February and it was gone. Snap of a finger. And it happens to a lot of these Medal of Honor recipients. We have one here who just received the medal, uh, Master Sergeant Rodella from, uh, from, he was in fifth group in Vietnam. He just received the medal uh, a, a few years ago. And he lives on the south side of town, you know, in the hood. And he's forgotten about, you know, you know, just a few guys going to check on him. And you would never know the guy is a, uh, is a, is a Medal of Honor recipient. And it's sad, man. So it's, we just need more people to focus on that versus everything else we just talked about. Yeah. And, and the story, um, it gets lost. There's, there's two camps. There's people that, want to understand and give a voice to equality to being able to understand what it means to like really embrace everybody. And then there's the people that feel like that's taken away. Yeah. You're taking away. No, man, you're not, you're not taking away. You're adding to your, <laughs> it's simple math. Let's celebrate all of us, but they feel like they have to be um, attacking every attempt to bring and modernize this idea of like, hey, this is our entire country. This is who we are. We're not just this. There's a wide variety of what it means to be a hero. Like, let's and let's celebrate that. Let's cover all these bases that we haven't done. And people just get so adamant about having to protect or go against a movement. It's like, man, like if you just sit down and just look at what's really happening, you'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I'm about this. But you're letting like a soundbite in the news just flare your anger and just send you on a wild storm of uh, hate and vitriol online. It's like, stop, think about it, man. Like this is, this is a bigger thing. It's about all of us. It's about understanding what it really means to be an American. And then we can have all the support where it needs to be. Like, cause we've lost this idea of like, we're together in this, like it's so divisive now, but there's stories ingrained that can bring us together. Yet we're just like, nah, fuck it. Move it, move it along. We don't want to hear this exactly. positivity. Oh, no doubt, man. Uh, when I first, when we first launched Triple Nickel, I can't tell you how many guys in our community. Uh, I, I got quite a few DMs uh, discouraging me from starting the company, or really? just as, oh yeah, man, it was it was it was nuts. I, I didn't understand. I mean, I understand it. It's the whole reason that I started it, um, and but. I was just really surprised with the individuals that would that reached out to me really being negative about what it was that we were trying to do. And you know, one day I'll tell I'll tell it all. Just it, today's not the day, but <laughs> I can, understand. There's, there's, there's plenty of organizations out there who would not support us because of the stance that we that we took. 
And it's surprising, man. Uh, like I said, one day, man, we're going to put it out there because people need to know. There's a lot of charlatans out here. And um, it's it's pretty sad, man. But we, alas, you know, we, we keep moving forward. It, it that's it does surprise me. And I, and I, at the core of every Green Beret, you're supposed to be the guy that can walk into any meeting in any culture and be able to say, OK, I got to be able to get this side to talk to this side so we can come together and we can move on with this plan. So I might not be, I might not be able to understand everything that you want, but I can I can relate. I can find common ground. I can build a bridge. Building a bridge and coming to an agreement is something that it's deeply ingrained in this whole concept of UW that it gets battered and battered and battered in our heads like by with and through, by with and through. Always find a way to make a connection. Keep the communications going. How are you going to excommunicate people in your own community? <laughs> that are trying to do something for that. You might not agree with every part of the cause, but damn it. Like they're trying to do something. Now I'd rather have you stand on the sidelines and not participate. That's better for me. I'll, I'll feel better about it. If you don't get involved, it's like, no man, like I don't have to agree with everything, but I can look at you and see who you are. See what you were brother to me and support you and say, Hey, I fucking support you. Let's, let's get you going. Cause at some point, you're going to come back and you're going to give me the same support. I'm like, hey, man, I got you. I might not support everything, but I support you. You're not hurting anybody. I got your back. Why is that so hard? Why is it so hard to see our brothers thrive outside of the regiment as civilians, as entrepreneurs? Like, man, like, get over it. Move on. You're going to need us <laughs> at some point. You're going to need us at some point. Get back to the understanding of like, you're still a Green Beret. You're still somebody I support and love and care about deeply. Yeah, man, let's make this happen. How can I help you in your dreams? That's not crazy to me. That doesn't seem crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and no doubt, uh, all, all those, uh, you know, a lot of those things you said are true. But on the flip side, too, you know, I can say I've, I've had some really great support from some of our SF brothers uh, along this journey. And if you actually go to Cole's website, some of the models that we use are guys from the regiment that are here locally. Oh, and yeah. they're also business owners that I, you know, I've, I've maintained really close contact with like 18 Alpha Fitness, uh, Kevin Edgerton out of First Group, um, Patrick. Uh, he he was in a uh, uh, seventh group with us as an as a, as a 18 Delta. He's a, uh, a mortgage uh uh, a broker with Orange Mortgage here, uh, Patrick Brenneman uh, in, in San Antonio. So, yeah. and then again, you know, my, my co-founders, man, you know, Green Berets, man, are really well suited to be entrepreneurs, given everything that you just said, because we are so versatile and so just, we're, we're like water, man. And yeah. that's what it takes to to bear the grit of being an entrepreneur. So, yeah, it's been it's been fun. And, and really rewarding amongst all the other bullshit that we, we, we talked about too. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the good comes with the bad, but I, I feel like if you, if you're able to come out of the service and address mental health, physical injuries and get back to a point where you're no longer flared up at 150% with pain, you can tackle a lot more. I know that at my worst, I couldn't take a bad day at my worst when I wasn't uh, healthy, when I was still going through treatment, man, 
I felt like one little thing off, like, man, this day's over, man. It's fucking done. I can't deal with this. But now I understand and being able to like sit here and help other people is like, hey, before you get in this journey of figuring out your next step, take time off, get healthy, go do the things that you know you need to do. If that's a treatment center, do it. If that's going into intensive therapy, do it. It's before you get started in that next endeavor, get healthy, get back to a baseline, which leads me to ask, what did you do coming out of the military to make sure that your next endeavors were successful as far as mental health, physical recovery? What were some of the first things you were uh, focusing on? Yeah, really good question because everybody, particularly in our community, comes out in a different state of mind, whether it be physical, emotional, or spiritually. So for me personally, I can I can really uh, empathize with where you were, you know, at, at one point in your in your journey. And for me, I wanted to completely remove myself from the entire lifestyle. You know, I just I spent a lot of time away. Was, we were all on a very fast moving train, deployments after deployments. And I, I just wanted just to detach. And for me, what I thought the best thing to do was just to go to school. And I just, I, I took advantage of the GI Bill. I applied to the executive MBA program at the University of Texas. I was accepted. And in that program, there's, there was not many veterans. It was older people uh, who were on the executive track. And I thought that that was a good place for me to to look for mentorship, to look for the language that would help me ease back into society. That was really helpful. Two, physical fitness, which you mentioned, is, is key. You know, if you look back at all the hard parts of your journey while you're in the military, if you really think about the, the essence of how you get through those things is your physical fitness because your body bears a lot of shit when you are emotionally stressed and physical fitness is a huge part of that. When you're not physically fit, you get tired. And then when you get tired, you make rushed decisions. And when you make rushed decisions, it creates poor results. So physical fitness was a very big part of that sustainment. And then reading, you know, you have to stay mentally sharp. And for me, those three things completely detaching, owning the fact that I am no longer in the military. I am now a civilian was key. So for me, it was, you know, quitting cold turkey and just immersing <laughs> myself in the reality of what it was. I, I'm not going to identify myself as a Green Beret because it's just a hat. Yep. You know, I'm not on a team no more. I'm not, I'm not that guy. And, and that was, that's what I had to look at myself in the mirror and say. And it was really helpful for me. But, you know, for me, that worked for somebody else that may not. Yeah, the identity part is huge. And that's something that I hear and see myself. I was lucky. I had a good core group of friends that had already been out of the military and I'd been talking to and engaging, setting up that Discord channels and talking like, hey, tell me your process, what you're going through. And everybody said the same thing. Identity. Identity. Like. I 
I started immediately working on that piece as soon as possible. That's why I'm telling people right now, if you know that you're going to take the next step, your service is over, start that divorce process. Because it felt, it really honestly felt like a divorce process. Just having to remove that pictures from from like i'm not looking at my pictures i'm not i'm not looking at this i'm not putting this like that's the wife and that's the life that was really abusive and toxic i gotta divorce it and it's easier now looking back being like oh man like it, it was it was challenging but now it's like being able to talk to somebody it's not the first thing and i don't make that a priority because it's not the number one thing i do it's not my life it's it's something i did it's a cloth it's a piece of cloth it's a uniform it's something i'm proud of but at the end of the day there's a full road ahead of me and there's so much more to life and i i see the guys are stuck to it like i'll i'll get out but i'm gonna do contracting and i'll do i'll I'll, and like hey you can't live at least for me i can't live a dual life i can't say i'm this one thing and i can't say that i'm still doing this it's like no no this is it like it this is this is who i am and that's honestly like the the best thing I could have gotten from my friends was working on that identity piece. Now, when you started going back to school, though, how what was that culture shock like? Was it pretty easy? Because, I mean, it was an MBA. It's not like going back to like undergraduate level. What was that like? Because I know everybody wants to get that aspect of you. It's always on somebody's. Oh, you're, you're special forces, Navy SEAL, right? It's like, no. <laughs> Yeah, it it was tough, man. Um, I I didn't I purposely didn't tell my classmates what I you know the first day everybody goes around the circle and 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 uh, introduces themselves, and I purposely never told people what I did because there is that intrigue, uh, and there there is that expectation for you to be X, and I don't know what their expectation of X is. And they may be disappointed. Like, where's the uh, where's the dude with the big muscles and big beard and lots of tattoos? <laughs> You're not him, and I don't believe you. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I tell you, man, it was it was really good to just talk to people and get a sense of what their interpretation of the veteran community is, and understanding. When it was really cool, I talked to one executive who told me blatantly, he doesn't like to hire veterans because of everything that we talked about. You know, they're so rigid. And, you know, I got to get into the mindset of what people really think about us from the other side. Yeah. And it was almost like I was a mole. So I, and it, and it helped me just shed that personality. But again, you know, a lot. That's not for some people. Some people need that in their life. I got a lot of buddies who I serve with in in group, and when when I was in the infantry, that they need that, and that is their identity. And if they don't have that, you you already know what those results are. Yeah. And it's not good. Um. So it it it's it's hard to sit here, man. It's kind of like um when you're looking at investing, if I'm pretty sure if I met Dave Ramsey in real life, the dude would have a heart attack with the way I move about doing my business because (laughs) my, you know, I don't do stuff in cash. Like to me, that's a bullshit way of living. Like you got to live, you know, but some people need that regimented 
lifestyle to invest their money and really get their shit together. Um, and I think that that with what you and I are discussing right now, our methods of cutting the identity cold turkey, and it, that that won't work for some guys and gals. They they need that identity in their life. Um, and that's cool, man, because because bro, uh, you know, con- we need those contractors out there. Because don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not answering the phone, man. <laughs> Man, you could perfect, perfect opportunity for this. I I was sitting there checking my messages, and uh, God bless this gentleman's heart. See, message it's it's one of those cold call emails. Like, hey, we got this contract opening up. Blah blah blah. Space and time. Are you interested? I'm like, no, I am not. Thank you very much. Not my thing. It's like, no, man. Like, it, it's I will always, always, always support my brothers, the regiment, and always love everything I did. But it's not my driving forces i move forward it's something that i'm going to be proud to tell my kids about someday uh god willing if i have them but it's not something i'm going to always you know i'm not going to carry that team plaque with me everywhere i go that stays in a, in a very amazing place in my home it's in my heart those brotherhoods are always going to be there but oh man like there is more out there there's a life to be led um and that's the beauty of it. You go back to a community of other people and you help them establish uh, a better life. You you get integrated. It's not about just being off on our own. No civilization, no culture ever had its warriors separated and just distant from everybody. No, <laughs> you have to come back and integrate and be part of the society, be part of the greater good. And And that's why I see your clothing brand and it's more than just a shirt. It's a brand. It's something that can compete with the negative messages on these shirts that are out there of division. And it's not something, it's not really funny, to be honest. They're not, they're not all that great. They hit you in the face with this idea of like, oh, that's all I am. That's all. This is what I'm supposed to be. Like, no, man, I'm more. I'm, my, I expect my brothers and sisters to want to be more. And that's why I I understand that the clothing is important, but I see the brand that you're developing, and that's that's the greater thing. Where do you see the brand growing and developing into? So good good question, and and two parts of that. The first part, where do we where do we see ourselves growing into? We're we're already going that route. So if you look at because we, we do a lot with uh, with music. So we love music. We, we A lot of our styles are inspired by hip-hop. That's something that my founders and I, we, we really love. So if you look at what we've done as our freshman album, and we've gone platinum, no doubt. We're platinum and we're touring. That's that's our focus right now is, is how do we best let the nation know we've arrived, this is who we are, go buy our stuff. Moving forward in the background, we are recording that next album and, and laying the blueprint for that. And what that looks like is, you know, we continue to obviously expand distribution through through other retail outlets. But you know, really, what's next? Because you, what you expect to see from an artist is evolvement. Yes. If every album sounds the same. You know, eventually you just you're you're not gonna listen to them no more. So 
So there's there has to be an evolution that's involved with it. So what's really cool too is is next week I'll be uh, in Las Vegas at the Military Influencer Conference, and I am one of the speakers there, and I'll be on a panel on stage with uh, with actually with Grunt Style and Zero Foxtrot, which are two yep. two of the the major you know players in this apparel market that we're discussing. So a lot of these questions are going to be thrown at us and it's, and it's polar opposites of what we're doing. So I'm looking forward to that, to, to have a conversation as to what really drives those brands to do what they do. Um, but to answer your question, what comes next is there has to be an evolution of what we do. Yeah. We, we've, we've put a statement out. We're starting to tell those stories, but there has to be an evolution in how we do it and continue to give opportunities to, to our fellow brothers and sisters who want to be in a position where we are. You know, that's, that's as, as much that I can, that I'm at liberty to say <laughs> without my, my partners beating me up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Completely understand. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, you you've gotten you're closed to deal with Kohl's. It's going to be uh, and I am I'm telling you right now, we're we're going to uh definitely snag some some hats cuz I, I wear ball caps everywhere. Um but man, it is it is an opportunity for us to help support something that truly identifies with uh, I feel every SF guy out there cuz we don't we don't wear the grunt style. We don't wear the uh Foxtrot stuff like that's just it's just not us it's not <laughs> man uh, you know what and, and what's crazy to me is is um i'm not gonna say it but yeah i'll, I'll, I'll be <laughs> what don't worry what, i can edit it <laughs> so what's crazy to me is is you know you look at the ceos of these companies man and, and they are not Either they're not veterans themselves or they served, but a very short time during peacetime, um, way prior to G1. Yeah. So it's interesting to me to see organizations headed by people who have not spent their entire adult lives in this war that we've been in. Number one. Number two the messaging and the marketing that they put out is for a specific core niche. And I, and I totally get it because if they totally deviate from that, they're going to lose sales. It's yeah. something that's been created for, but it goes back to what I was saying is you have to have as a brand, there has to be some form of evolution. Um, I believe every good brand has. It. And, and that's what I would like to see from those veteran owned companies out there. And that's my challenge is, you know, what's, what's your evolution, man? If, yeah. if every every quarter you're putting out some form of new hate or you're just going to remix uh, a brand logo that's already out there, you're going to take the Pillsbury Doughboy and put some uh, night vision goggles on them and a gun on them. That shit's whack, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it's, it's the- I, I haven't seen that shirt out there, but I'm sure I've given some ideas already. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just we just put we're, we're putting money in their pockets right now somebody's writing that up and they're gonna stencil that in 
already see the oh. shirt and everything. <laughs> yeah, man. Call me a hater, but y'all know where to find me. <laughs> but it's true. Um, the other thing that I don't see in a lot of these um, these companies is they're not putting. They say they're for the veterans. They say they're they're doing great things, but you know, there's there's a mental health crisis, and it's it starts with what you put on and identify with. It really does. It it is not going to get better until we address what we consume, what we buy, what we put on, and and say that we are. That that's just the bottom line. That's the truth. If I want somebody to understand that vulnerability is a strength, that it's okay to have emotions, that it's okay to come down and sit down with a therapist, because a big portion of what we do is peer-to-peer support. Mental health and bridging that gap and getting guys to talk to somebody is a lot easier when you don't have to combat the strategy of hate and division that they're wearing on a shirt that says, F you, civilian. It's like, no, man, (laughs) like, let it go. There's nothing wrong with being a civilian there's nothing wrong with you know what you did in the military like let it go as soon as you drop that that mask and that armor it's so much easier to get somebody to talk about like yeah man like and i heard it from guys that come and talk it's like i wear it because then i see somebody wearing the shirt and then i have a connection and then i can talk to another veteran well shit wouldn't it be easier if you just go to triple nickel get one of their shirts is actually like in style and then you can have that commonality with not only a veteran, but somebody just off the street and be like, oh, fucking, I love your shirt, man. Yeah. Fucking triple nickel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the that's a type of community that we need to start building. Because as long as we continue to just market specifically for this one demographic, this one idea, we're not helping anybody. And we're making it, I do believe it creates a problem when you're trying to get people to be vulnerable and talk and share with others in a peer-to-peer support group or talking to a therapist. That's just the bottom Dude, line. That's the truth. You, what you just said is, uh, is everything that me and my closed group of, of guys that I speak to every day say. And you are 100% spot on, man. It's a, we, it's a crisis that we are perpetuating. People always say self-licking ice cream cone. Yep. The civilian populist doesn't understand what that means i've taken that from my vocabulary but that is a self-licking ice cream cone with with products like that we perpetuate the 22 a days the push-ups the, yep. the, the 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 stigma that we are all um we're all damaged goods and that is a problem man because i i I hate to say this, but you know, we I think we create the crisis to continue to to to, to push business. Yes. Whether it be in the in the profit or for nonprofit space, because you know what? We're never gonna solve the suicide the suicide problem because if we do, there's gonna be a lot of businesses that go out of business. Yeah. It's it's the one thing I've seen is when you have a personal connection where it's somebody that's because I never saw when I was got my worst, I was still on my team. I was just sucking down the pain. I wasn't doing anything. Then I had a complete mental breakdown. Everything broke down. Now I'm in a mental treatment center because I didn't want to take my life. I actually came to clarity, told my my therapist, hey, like, nah, I gotta go somewhere. 
But through that entire process, I didn't have another Green Beret that was willing to say, hey, come here. Chief, you're all right. You're good. We got you. So I go through this entire place. I go through everything and realize the human factor really isn't the most important thing. Because as soon as you get healthy, as soon as you realize, oh, fuck, like this is a bad mindset. I need to start putting more into myself, into my wife, into my healing recovery. You realize you can't do it in the job. So then it's guys like me that go out there and start reaching out to other Green Berets, other service members says, hey, man, come on, there's a better way. But once you get them to the other side, they don't want to go back. They want to put more time and effort into their own recovery. And if you're giving somebody tools like meditation, mindfulness, go to therapy and talk about it, do MDR. Yes, take take medications you get from a doctor. But if you're giving people a multitude of modalities to try out and figure out, pretty soon they, they, they're going to realize they have a choice. There's a choice to live a better life. I don't have to continue on this path of destruction. I can heal and recover. You can recover from PTSD. You can get better if you put in the work. But they don't want people to put in the work. They want it to be the easy button. Continue struggling. Continue staying attached to medications. And we'll just keep the system going. Because believe it or not, it's not about treating to recover. It's about treating the pain and keeping you going. And that's a sad reality. Yes. Spot on, man. <laughs> Spot on. Uh, I, I can't agree with you more, man. It's uh, it, it's sad some of the things I see, but I also see a lot of a lot of guys and girls, man, who, like you said, if you put in the work, you can get better, and and that's always a joy for me to see folks recover and surrounding themselves with uh, either organizations or individuals that do care. Yeah, but that is a problem, man. We 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 propagate the we propagate the problem by putting these negative messages images yes out man and 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 it goes back to the comment of when you have heads of these companies that never been there that's tough man because if they're just making money how do you convince a guy who hasn't been on patrol who's never put their buddy in a in in who's never had to put their teammate in a body bag who's never had to talk to his buddy's gold star widow, who's never had to attend a funeral. How do you relay that to a head of a company who's propagating that shit? Yeah. Hard or bored who doesn't care except the bottom line, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a reality. That's a reality. You're yeah. never going to, you're never going to be able to sit down and be like, Hey man, you need to fire everybody that's, that's doing your designing and everybody that's marketing for you. It's all wrong. The start from a clean slate. Here's what you need to really focus on. They're going to be like, get the fuck out of my office. I don't even know how you got in here, brown kid. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, man. It's, <laughs> it's you know, but I, I'm i looking forward to next week. Like, it's, I'm going to be sharing the stage with these guys. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have the opportunity to to talk one-on-one. And that's one of my questions, man, because I, I, I do honestly want to know is what is the end state for having a, a design with a with a seven six two round that says I want to be inside you. It doesn't compute to me. It's not fun. No, and they're gonna throw it back out. Like, what about all the other stuff in media? About all the violence and everything. You don't get it, man. You don't get it. We're talking about a guy that just spent fifteen years doing this, and he's got a lot of pain and a lot of hate. 
and you're going to put that t-shirt on him, just continue that stuff. And I see you yeah. like, but there's hope. There is hope. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time for being here and for the message that you're putting out there, because this is a real veteran, a real entrepreneur. This is somebody we can look up to. Um, add this man, Ruben Ayala, to your lexicon of Puerto Rican heroes you can look up to, kids, because this is this is what success and what hard work gets you. Uh, a clear understanding of your mission, your vision, and your purpose in life, not just walking around blown in the wind. And, and we all could have done that. We all can do that. We can all go everywhere. But if you find a hard path and you find the right way to go about business, you got to take it. And, and um, fuck, I forget. I think it was Stephen Pressfield that said it. But is the bigger the dream, the bigger the shadow it's going to cast. Like it's going to seem impossible. And I know that for uh, at for some days there were, that seem impossible to you. But to all of us out there starting our journey, what is something you can tell us about the process of when you were almost about to quit or something like your worst day? Can you tell us a little bit of that and what got you to keep going? Yeah, I'll give you a recent vignette. And that was as we were loading up the the truck to ship everything out to, to all of the Kohl's distribution centers. Uh, my business partner, Chris McPhee, who's an E8 from uh, retired from third group, he and I had been up for three days straight prepping this entire order. And we had like 1,013 boxes we got pushed out to all these stores nationwide. And we had not eaten anything. We've just been just grinding. And we had this 53-foot truck uh, semi that's just there. And the guy's like, no, man, you cannot use a pallet jack. You can't palletize this truck. You have to hand load it. And we have to inventory it as we go. So it's like 9 o'clock at night. We're just tired. And we're loading this thing from the floor all the way to the very top. And you know, I look at Chris and I say, man, I'm, I'm tired, man. I don't know if we can do this. This is, this is hard. And, you know, he's my razor buddy. And he's, he says, hey, man, we, <laughs> this is what you wanted, man. You better get the fuck up and blow this, <laughs> this boss up right here. <laughs> so he just got in my ass, you know. I was just, I'm, and I'll be honest, I was tired, man. And, um, I had a moment of weakness because I was so tired. And I looked back outside of the trailer and we had 14 more pallets to go. And the truck driver was just looking at his clock saying, hey, you're on the clock, man. So I really felt at that point like we were in a ranger school patrol and they just called my my uh, my, my roster number. And, and Chris was like, all right, man. So... <laughs> Yeah, man, we've had many a nights like that. Uh, but as an entrepreneur, that there was so much at stake. I mean, you had a national, the largest department retail store in the United States, depending on this. And me as the head of the company saying, I don't know if we can do this. But it took one guy to just say, snap the fuck out of it. This is what you wanted, Ranger. Get the fuck up and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and people out there, 
are waiting for like this big monologue from like Chris Hemsworth. No, it doesn't happen like that. That shit never no. happened. It's it's nah, your man. best friend on the team saying, suck it the fuck up and let's go. <laughs> it went down pretty much like that, man. I have no <laughs> I have no humility about I mean shit, man. I was I was on my ass, man. But uh it yeah. took it took and that's what it takes, man. It takes you just need people in your circle that you can trust that are going to be in your ass when you're at your lowest. And I think that's true for any of us. doesn't matter what your background is, man. Yeah. Ruben, I can't thank you enough for today. Um, I know I'm fired up. Keep me on my grind. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here for providing your wisdom and your time to the audience. Uh, it's been great. Uh, man, I am excited for, uh, what's coming next for your brand. And I'm about to, throw it up on the website and start sending some hats to some of my friends. I really appreciate it, brother. Dude, I, I appreciate your time. And and uh, by the way, I love Ruben Blades too. He's uh, <laughs> he's my second favorite artist. <laughs> Dude, I'm so. telling you, as a kid from Panama where nobody knows your country and you just walk out of the playground, I'm like, yeah, Ruben Blades, Predator 2. You know, he's a cool Latin cop. They're like, what the what the I fuck? I love it. I when he came out in that movie, man, when you were when you were telling me that, I said, Man, I gotta let him know. I I was really excited. Nobody knew who he was. Of course we got the same names too. I, <laughs> but still- I always said it brothers, you know, they're like, Who the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> I'm with Tell you, man. You, if they if they can ever make a custom action figure, that's the guy I need. <laughs> he's the best. Thank you so much. (laughs) We'll see you.